Welcome back to the Advent Calendar House, the official holiday podcast of 80s kids who couldn't stop throwing things at their refrigerators. I will say off the top, we briefly talk about Santa at the mall in this one. Proceed as you will. That out of the way, today we are slowly slinking sideways down to 1983 to celebrate the time someone made a Christmas special about wacky wall walkers. Deck the halls with wacky walls. I am grown man who'll gladly pay a child $200 to trim the top of a giant pine tree, Mike Westfall. And joining me is Celestial Cephalopod who can't stop getting his feet stuck to things. It's Joey O. Hey, Joey. Hey, uh, why are they called Apple Jacks? They don't taste like apples. <laughs> I always hated that <laughs> slogan. We just like it, Okay. We'll get to that. We'll get to the cereal at we some point. We will get to the cereal. Now we have to bring up, like, tiny baby Julia Stiles in that one commercial. Call me stupid, but if they named it Applejack, shouldn't it taste like, well, apple? Stupid. At one point, I brought it up on another episode, so now it's going to go in the show notes as soon as I remember it. Let up a little on the wonder why and give your heart a try. Which is a cute message for a special about believing in Santa, but it, it comes off as kind of a backfire to Albert's pompousness. And he's like, it's like that old series of Apple Jacks commercials. Why do you like the cereal called Apple Jacks? It doesn't taste like apples. I don't know, Dad. We just do. But <laughs> yeah. So this happened. <laughs> yeah. This might be the oddest special that you've assigned to watch. <laughs> And you were not familiar with this beforehand, right? I was stunned it existed. Yeah, I definitely didn't know about this until about five years ago. It was on a list of Christmas specials you might have forgotten. And I'm reading the list, and it's things like He-Man and She-Ra and the Cabbage Patch Kids. And I'm feeling really good about myself for no reason. Then it hits me with this, a Christmas special about wacky wall walkers. So for the unfamiliar, Wacky Wall Walkers were these sticky octopus-looking toys that used to put as free gifts in cereal boxes, which is why we were talking about Apple Jacks, that you'd throw at the wall and they'd walk down it almost in a slinky-like motion. They originated in Japan as a toy called Taco, that's T-A-K-O, Taco, which is the Japanese word for octopus, or a Japanese word for octopus, and a woman in Japan sent some to her grandkids in Washington, D.C. in the 80s. But it was her son who saw potential in the toys, bought the rights to them for 5000 American dollars, and renamed them Wacky Wall Walkers. That man is Ken Hakuda, better known as Dr. Fad. Dr. Fad. Dr. Fad. Take a walk on the wacky side. Dr. Fad. <laughs> Fooled y'all, this episode's just a ruse to talk about Dr. Fad. Joey. Oh, we will. Your memories of the Dr. Fad show. My memories of the Dr. Fad show? Well, uh, to prep for this, I found the Dr. Fad YouTube channel, which is official and has a bunch of episodes up there. Oh, I didn't know it was official. Oh, yeah. Oh, That's I'm... why it was high quality and everything. Yes. Oh, I'm excited now. That That's one of my favorite theme songs. I just remember my brother and I singing that all the time. 
Um, yeah, I, I love that show, but so much when I watched it, I was like, Oh my gosh, I remember everything about this. Like the, there are like the three contestants are on different panels that were different colors Mm -hmm. and his awesome wacky wall Walker, uh, sweater he wore all the time, (laughs) which he still wears. And that it was like a semi-educational show. Yeah, it was great. It had. okay. So it was on Saturday mornings from 1988 to 1994, and it was a very unique game show where the kids competed in creative challenges, and they presented their own original inventions, and the audience decided by round of applause whose was the coolest, and the winner received a prize such as a trip to Central Florida that included stops at Walt Disney World, SeaWorld, and the Kennedy Space Center. Hope that included transportation, because Disney to Kennedy is an hour's drive at best. Uh, and it had segments celebrating fads past and present, including the hula hoop and the Super Bowl. It'll be back after a while. They always, <laughs> right, a good right. Super Bowl always returns. Well, here, here's uh, another oh, Super Bowl here. Sure. Now, uh, oh, Ed, uh, it's on behalf of the Dr. Fad Show. See, I told you. <laughs> they always come back. It's my pleasure to present you with this packaged, gift-wrapped... Yeah, I wrapped it. ...Golden Gizmo Award. And uh, be careful because oh, it's glass, okay? I'm Hold so, it very carefully. I'm honored, I tell you. Oh, my... Ah! Hey! Ah! My strongest Dr. Fad memory is the Fad Graveyard segment, where they pay tribute to a, quote, dumb fad that failed to live up to his own hype. Here we are in the Fad Graveyard, where all the dumb fads end up. Shall we see what we can fish out today, Jim? Yeah, be careful. You don't know what's in there. Ooh. Let's start with... Oh, I remember this one well. What the heck is that? We all know stonewashed jeans, right? Yeah. Before that, somebody came up with mudwashed jeans. Oh, Does gross. that make any sense to you? My mom would be really mad if I brought this home. Every mother's nightmare. Gross. Ooh. I forgot that, um, well, I have this in my notes, that, the, that he would go around and there were kids in the audience that had their own inventions, too. They would show off really quick. It was like it was like the Mystery Science Theater Invention, ex- invention Exchange meets <laughs> Phil Donahue. Yes, yeah. They must have invited a bunch of kids who had invented something and they would bring it or I guess they would just encourage kids who go to the show to bring your own inventions. It also has the very, very like 1988, 1992 aesthetic, uh, like, say, video power, video power or it reminded me of Double Dare. Yeah. Which I think kind of kicked off that whole trend. Mm hmm. Oh, also, I was the episode I saw, there was a host that was just sort of Dr. Fad's sidekick that just kept the show running. Yeah. And I looked him up because he didn't have that many credits to his name. Did you look him up? Uh, I have. His name is Jim Fife, who went on to be a segment producer for The Late Show with Stephen Colbert. Oh, well, he had an even more exciting credit in, in IMDb that I found. Oh? He was one of the Scolari brothers. What? I tried him for murder. Gave him the chair. Oh, I need to look at this now. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> he was the skinny Scolari brother. Oh, man. I'm excited now. How did I miss that? <laughs> oh. But all right, we're here to talk about Dr. Fad's Wacky Wall Walkers, which he apparently bought the rights to in 1983, and their popularity exploded so much that they made this Christmas special that same year. Yeah. That's impressive. Like, I saw that. I'm like, wait, how? Because this was pretty old. Like, when I saw I'm like, oh, Tress McNeil's in it. Well, Tress is like, she was, I think, in the Groundlings, like, most of her 20s, and she didn't really get her big break until the early 80s, and Weird Al's Ricky was, like, one of her earliest credited roles, and that was 83. Yeah, her earliest credited overall role as a specific character 
was that Ricky video. This is not her first role in a cartoon, but it is the first that's not just listed as additional voices. So, and she plays Springette. Well, all right, let's back up a bit. So Deck the Halls with Wacky Walls premiered December 11th, 1983 at 7.30 on NBC. And in this special, the Wacky Wall Walkers are aliens from the planet Kling Kling. <laughs> are they Klingons? No, that's different. Uh, whose king, it's a, it's a monarchy planet, whose king discovers a new star in a distant system and sends a fleet of six wall walkers to Earth to investigate. The trip takes them nearly 2,000 years. You know what that means. They're 2,000 light years away? Yeah! Sit <laughs> But they haven't aged a day, and they soon learn the star was connected to something called Christmas. So it's now their mission to find out what a Christmas is. So at the beginning, they have this little song. We're introduced to our team of six through songs. Springette is one of them. There's Wacky, their leader, and it's Dawes Butler, the voice of Yogi Bear. <laughs> Finally, Dawes Butler arrives on the podcast. He did a bunch of voices for Hanna-Barbera, including Huckleberry Hound, Snagglepuss, Mr. Jinx, Augie Doggy, Quick Draw McGraw, and Elroy Jetson, just to name a tiny, tiny few. Wacky in this sounds, to me, the most like Wally Gator. Hmm. We're here, and we've got a job to do. Then we have Crazy Legs, just like his name, uh, played by Howard Morris, and that's why he sounds like Jughead. <laughs> if anyone can find out about that star and about Christmas, <laughs> you can, Wacky. <laughs> You're the best. Howard Morris is probably best known as the Andy Griffith Show's Ernest T. Bass. <laughs> he was also... <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. He was also the voices of Adam Ant, Jet Screamer on the Jetsons, Wade Duck in Garfield and Friends. Oh. And in Winnie the Pooh, he's Gopher. There's another Garfield and Friends connection coming up shortly. There is. Uh, but speaking of Winnie the Pooh, we have Big Blue, who sounds and acts quite a lot like Eeyore, because it's Peter Cullen, Optimus Prime himself. Yep. We'd have been here sooner. Someone had run out of gas. Can I help it if the space station was out of unleaded? Next, we have Stickum, who's sticky as a candy cane, voiced by Marvin Kaplan, the voice of Top Cat's pal Choo Choo. Oh. Marvin Kaplan was also a regular on the TV show Alice as Henry, a phone lineman who would frequent the restaurant. Uh, and finally, there's Bouncing Baby Boo, and when you need the sound of a babbling alien baby, you call Frank Welker. Oh, I just Who is also like the second voice you hear in this special. He has four different voices in this. Oh, yeah. As he often does. Yes. No, the king. We, we miss the king. King Kling Kling. Yes. The Wall Walkers leader who sends them to Earth. He's only in the beginning, but he's voiced by Bill Scott. The voice of Bullwinkle J. Moose, Mr. Peabody, and George of the Jungle. And what's that other connection? Dudley Do-Right? Dudley Do-Right, of course. Okay. George, George, George of the Jungle, friend to you and me? That's the one. All right, let's keep going chronologically through Al's discography. 
forgot about that. How did I forget about that? It's a cover. It doesn't count. I don't know. <laughs> oh, oh, um, back there I mentioned Garfield and Friends. Well, the, the connection is that this was written by Mark uh, Evanier. Is that how you say his name? I think so. Yeah, um, he was pretty much the showrunner of Garfield and Friends. Like, he wrote almost everything with Garfield and Friends. So that's why the cartoon didn't have the same. It had that weirder sensibility than the actual strip or anything else that Jim Davis did because he was the main um, driving force of that. And he wrote a ton of comics. He's sort of a I know he has like a pretty popular blog. He's been writing about like cartoons and pop culture and comics for years and years and years. Okay. But yeah, I saw his name right away. I'm like, oh, and if you look up, he wrote like a ton of like cartoon stuff like Garfield. Like I said, if you go back, he wrote like uh, the Plastic Man cartoon and stuff like that. (laughs) Two episodes of Dungeons and Dragons. So yeah, I saw his name right away. I'm like, oh, perfect. Mother Goose and Grimm. Oh, yeah, that was a well, the cartoon. Yes. Okay. Yeah, because that was that was film Roman, too. That lasted a whole season, I think, but they needed Garfield to promote it. And he, like, I remember that was like, check out my pale creamy. <laughs> so our heroes crash land in the woods conveniently just outside of an unidentified American city. Oh, wait, wait, sorry. One more oh, thing. Oh, I forgot oh, to oh. mention a note I made about their planet. OK. When I first saw it, they live in an M.C. Escher painting. Yeah, they do. They just because they can stick to everything. They're just upside down and. Yeah, like we as this special opens, you see their planet kind of rotate into view and it zooms in and you see them walking in all directions. It is an M.C. Escher painting. That is the correct description for that. Anyway, back back on Earth with the wacky wall. walkers. Yes. The first place they stumble upon is the home of a man shouting impatiently in a megaphone and a crew decorating his home for a Christmas lights contest. What is that man doing to his home? Where are my reindeer? No, no, those are the styrofoam reindeer. Those are for indoors. I need the all-weather plastic reindeer. Music, music, we need music to accompany the neon nativity scene. Is it wrong that I want to see the neon nativity scene? That kind of sounds like when when Charlie Brown gets, you know, that aluminum tree or something. Well, no, he refused to get the aluminum tree. (laughs) Well, you know, the gang wanted one. Yeah, yeah. Like that level of fakeness for your Christmas decorations. Absolutely. Yeah, they opted not to show it in this, but they did show one assistant putting on a record and doing the whitest dance. I don't know. It sounds like a bad Clash cover band playing Jingle Bell, so I definitely want to hear the rest of that album now. So... Now the Wall Walkers think Christmas is a competition, but that doesn't have anything to do with the star, so there must be more to it. Here's where the brightly colored octopus-looking aliens decide they'd better try and blend in if they're going to venture into the city. So first they try to pass themselves off as cows, but scare a dude. Then they hide from a couple of kids passing until they figure out what to do, and here is where we meet Daryl. Isn't Christmas great? Christmas is the greatest thing in the whole wide world. A boy will end up getting to know as the special progresses, played by a then 12-year-old Scott Menville. Oh. Best known now as the voice of Robin on Teen Titans. Damn, was that one of his earliest roles? I think so. Um, 
But other roles include Kimmy Gibbler's boyfriend, Dwayne, in Full House. Oh, yeah. And Fuller House. Uh, Wayne Arnold's buddy, Wart, on The Wonder Years. <laughs> and he was a planeteer. He was Mati. Man, he's been out a lot longer than I realized. Yeah. And he's been in some other things like I didn't write them all down, but I'll, I'll link to him in the show notes. But his voice definitely sounded familiar. Uh, but Daryl's following his friend Kenzo, and that's Frank Welker. But of note, one of Dr. Fad's sons is named Kenzo. Oh. And this kid appears to be Asian American. So nice little tribute to the family fad that got worked in here. They wouldn't put his name in the credits, but here's your kid. <laughs> Oh, oh, uh, back to speaking of Dr. Fad and this yes. family, I found out a, a fun fad fact when researching. That's I think I think I found out the same one because that's okay. the next thing on uh, my notes. But go ahead. Uh, that comedian Ali Wong is his daughter in law. Yes. Uh, who, if you're not familiar, she's the voice of Birdie and Tuka and Birdie with Tiffany Haddish. She's also um, all her comedy specials. I think she's very pregnant. Oh, is she? Like, if you've ever seen the, the posters for them, the Netflix art for them, it seems like she's always she's done like multiple comedy specials for Netflix where she's pregnant. And that's like the artwork. That's how I picture her, like what she looks like. Well, all right, Ali Wong. Congratulations on all of your baby or babies. <laughs> so Daryl asks Kenzo where he's going and he replies, the mall, I have to pick out some things. And Daryl says he's meeting his parents at the mall and gets super excited about Christmas and the mall's Christmas sale, so now the wall walkers who are listening in decide to follow these kids to the mall, since that's where they're apparently selling Christmases. But not before they find a box of Santa costumes to put on as disguises, so into the mall we go. And here's where we realize Daryl's excitement over Christmas is really excitement over getting his parents to buy him whatever he wants. You have to know all the ways to get them to buy things. Kid goes from zero to terrible pretty darn fast, and it only gets worse from here. But Kenzo's clearly unimpressed and says, my parents just give me money to buy things, which sends Daryl running for his own parents, who are also in this crowded toy store. Reminded me of like a KB Toys in its layout. I don't know why, but <laughs> did you get that same vibe? No, it just seemed like, you know, a cartoon toy store. A cartoon toy store. Generic. Okay. So here are Daryl's parents. Dad's Frank Welker again in his normal Frank Welker, Freddie Jones voice. Honey, I tell you, we are spoiling that kid. He's got resting Jones voice. <laughs> uh, Mom is voiced by Sherry Eichen, one of the head writers of Cheers. Oh, oh your father loves you very much, Daryl. He didn't mean that. Just tell us what you want, dear. Uh, Daryl runs right up to his parents and dad, who's tired of spoiling his son, immediately tells him no. Whatever it is, no. And Daryl goes for the triple threat. One. Mom, Dad's being mean to me. Two. It's Christmas. You're supposed to show kids that you love them. Three. Well, before he runs off crying, Mom's already falling for the act. Of course your father loves you. Just tell us what you want. Okay, I want that $1,000 toy car. Joey, what's the most expensive thing you've ever asked for for Christmas from your parents as a kid? Oh, my gosh. I don't know. Maybe it was like the Super Nintendo, let's say. I think that was mine, too. And that was $200. <laughs> I got one. Yeah, I got one. But this guy's got us beat by five times that amount for a toy car that's like the greatest looking power wheel. 
And it was a decade earlier, roughly. So inflation. Oh, yeah. Now I got to look that up. <laughs> Please pause. Here's where I'm putting in that commercial break. Dr. Fad. The Dr. Fad Show will be right Dr. back Fad. after these messages. I gotta feel the taste. Gotta make it right. Just one thing will do. Gotta get pumped. Yeah, gotta get pumped. The pop sensation of Kellogg's Corn Pop cereal. Part of this nutritious breakfast. I gotta get pumped. Yeah, gotta get pumped. Coming at you free, your own wacky wall walker. It tumbles and crawls down walls and even glows in the dark. It's wacky and free in corn pops. Dr. Fad. Now return to the Dr. Fad Show. $1,000 in 1983 is worth about $2,574.19 in 2020. <laughs> My goodness. I do not like how they wrote Daryl's mom. I understand they felt it had to be done because there are parents like this, but oof. I don't remember the mom making much of an impression. I mean, the, just the dad was Frank Welker, but they seem just very like, I don't know, cartoon parents. I mean, the kid, the kid's personality overshadows them so much. It does. He's got a lot of personality. <laughs> he really, really does. But mom just... A lot of times you see the dad give in to the daughter in stories like this. Angelica from Rugrats and her dad come to mind. But I'm happy to say, at least to me and my family, this didn't age well for me. I want that car! I want that car! Checking back in with the wall walkers, they split up in the mall to try and find out what a Christmas is. And Crazy Legs finds a sign in the food court now serving Christmas dinner. Oh, it's a kind of food! And he disappointingly discovers... The taste of tuna noodle casserole. What do you want? We have chicken dinner, turkey dinner, fish dinner. Oh, I'll have a Christmas dinner. Look, Elf, I don't have time to play games. Pick something up. Mm, how about that? <coughs> Here's your Christmas dinner, sport. Tuna noodle casserole. This is what all the fuss is about? This is what all the fuss is about? I feel like tuna noodle casserole might be the least Christmas food. <laughs> Meanwhile, Wacky finds a Christmas tree lot, mistakes the ornaments for fruit, and eats one, and is disgusted to find it's just skin with nothing inside. Ugh. Oh, what a terrible fruit. And now all I can think of is Joe Pesci in Home Alone stepping on those Christmas ornaments with his bare feet, but in your mouth. Ew. Yeah. We didn't get a really good look at Wall Walker's anatomy. I don't want to. He seemed to be okay, though. He just not a fan because there was nothing inside. Like those chocolate Easter bunnies. <laughs> and Springhead gets in line to visit Santa Claus, but not before a kid with a very long list because every child in this is terrible except for some later. Springhead has a change of pace for this Santa because she only requests that he tell her about Christmas. Just tell me what Christmas is, and she stumps Santa. Well, uh, people put trees in their living rooms. Why? I thought trees grew in the forest. Well, they do, but, uh... Well, how can a tree live inside a house? It doesn't live. They kill a tree and leave it in their living room? Sounds dumb to me. Now I want to only describe Christmas trees as they kill a tree and leave it in their living room. Santa gets fed up, and last warning to skip ahead, because he finally tells Springhead, Look, kid, 
I don't know the answers to your questions. I'm not the real Santa. <gasps> You're an imposter! Hey, everybody! He's a fake! He's impersonating Santa! Whole line of kids running away crying. Santa storms off and quits, passing bouncing Baby Boo on the way out. And Baby Boo reads a Christmas sale exit sign, but only the part that says Christmas sale and ends up in the parking lot, unbeknownst to the others who meet back up to report on their Christmas findings. Christmas is a shiny, hollow fruit. Christmas is a time when you put candy in your socks. Christmas is tuna noodle casserole. There's an incident in which Stickum gets his sticky legs caught in an escalator, so everyone works together to free him. Why is he so much stickier than the rest of them? There's always... Did you have wall walkers? You had at least one in the cereal box, right? Oh, yeah. I can still picture it, like, going down the walls of, of my parents, like, the first house we lived in. There's always one... I don't know why I had more than one. I guess I had a lot of corn pops because that's where I got them from, the corn pops. You got to have your pops. I did. Uh, but it always seems like after a while they would get so sticky or like they would fall on like a carpet or a rug or something and then they'd get all kind of furry and then they would stick and they wouldn't so much as walk down the wall as kind of drunkenly stumble. <laughs> So I think that's the joke they're going with here. Stickum is just too sticky and their legs kind of intertwine. This happens more than once in this episode, which is a nice thing. Oh, look, they're working together. They love each other. Uh, but here, Wacky's costume comes loose and he gets launched back down the escalator and into the toy store from the momentum of Crazy Legs learning how to stop the escalator while everyone was pulling the other way. I figured it out. You push this to stop it. Thanks, Crazy Legs. They have to throw that safety PSA in there. Hey, parents, if you ever need to stop an escalator, there's a button right here. <laughs> well, Wacky, now out of costume, hides among the toys, and Daryl's mom spots him and convinces her husband to let her buy one more thing for the kid. The other Walt Walkers arrive just in time to see Wacky getting shoved into a gift box. So they have no choice but to follow Daryl's family home. Well, here's where they split up again because they realized, oh no, Baby Boo is missing. So Crazy Legs go searching for the baby. The other three walk up the side of the overpass because they have to show that, look, remember, we can walk up things. To hitch a ride on a bus driving behind Daryl's family's car. The whole time Daryl still throwing a tantrum at his dad. They get home. Mom tells him not to open his new gift until tomorrow morning. It was Christmas Eve this whole time? That guy decorating his house is very behind schedule. There's more decorating that's about to happen at the last minute, too. There is. Anyway, of course, Daryl opens it as soon as they leave the room, pulls out Wacky, and what's this? I didn't ask for this. And the wall walkers who followed them home walk up the side of the chimney and head down into it because Christmas special... <laughs> Daryl walks back into the room in the middle of the rescue attempt and leads the wall walkers outside before his folks find out they're alive. That's an odd reaction for this kid, at least. My weird alien toy is alive and has friends. Quick, into the backyard before my parents see you. Like E.T. Yeah, I guess, but I'd expect this kid, Daryl, to react like, Mom, the weird alien toy is alive and making more of itself. Help! <laughs> They go out to his backyard where Daryl has his own shed. Like E.T. Like E.T. <laughs> he 
you know, I didn't put, put that together, but this is only a year after E.T. That's exactly where they're getting this from. But he's got a bunch of junk up on the wall. It's a sled, a random musical instrument, golf club, skis, a tennis racket. Kid decorated his clubhouse shed like an Applebee's. <laughs> Wacky explains their mission to learn about Christmas, and Daryl explains Christmas is when kids are supposed to get whatever they want, and their parents have to buy it for them. What I want is this real neat car. Help me get it or I'll call the Air Force and they'll shoot your rocket down when you try to leave. Help me get it or I'll call the Air Force and they'll shoot your rocket down when you try to leave. <laughs> that, that just puts him at the, some of the worst of the worst children you've ever seen in a Christmas special. That escalated very quickly. Yes. I know grownups who, well, I don't know personally, but I've seen grownups on Facebook act like that now. <laughs> the wall walkers concede to helping this kid since they can't leave without finding baby boo anyway. And here Daryl decides to use them to raise the thousand dollars himself in however many hours it is until the mall, which is a drive away close. But that all works itself out. Uh, he finds some odd jobs around the neighborhood. He finds a neighbor who tells him, well, I got this pine out back. I need to be topped off by 10 feet. And the tree trimming company wanted $300. Daryl says he'll do it for $200 and even decorate it for Christmas. But you can't watch me. <laughs> and the grown adult agrees to it. This is such a scam of all scams. So Daryl, being the worst, orders the wall walkers to get to work trimming the tree while he supervises on a hammock. And they're fine with that because they don't know any better. And we get a musical montage about teamwork. When you've got a job to do, and you've got some pals with you, you are way And they managed to make the thousand dollars by trimming and decorating the other giant pine trees about around his suburban neighborhood on Christmas Eve. What? <laughs> it's an untapped uh, market you didn't know existed. It must be. These pine trees are huge, by the way, but only some of them. Like there's one or two pine trees scattered around this suburban neighborhood that are just look like they're a good 50 to 100 feet tall. These look like Rockefeller Center Christmas trees just in a dude's backyard. Can you trim the top 10 feet of this tiny <laughs> child whom I'm not allowed to watch? <laughs> then they walk back to the mall, which was a decent drive's worth away. Or maybe they hitched another ride on a bus that we didn't see. It was a wacky walk. They wacky walked. <laughs> Either way, it's back in the city proper where they catch back up with Crazy Legs, who says he still hasn't found Baby Boo, but he found Christmas. So the wall walkers follow him and ditch Daryl, who follows them to an orphanage, which is helpfully labeled Orphanage. <laughs> this is where Crazy Legs says they're keeping Christmas, and sure enough, inside, kids are making their own decorations, including strings of popcorn. Did you ever decorate a tree with popcorn? No, but that's, uh, you know, a cliche Christmas decoration you see, mainly, I think, in, in TV and movies. I don't see it anymore. My parents did when I was really little, but it's been a long time since I've even seen popcorn on a Christmas tree. We got to bring it back. Maybe you was like fake, like, like, you know, like it's made of plastic or something. There you go. 
but not real, real popcorn. Someone should sell fake popcorn, Garland. Oh, man, that's an untapped market. Or maybe it is a tapped <laughs> market. I don't know. I need to tap into that market myself and buy me some fake popcorn. You got to have your pops. I got to have my pops. I got to have my pops. Here's where Big Blue asks Daryl, okay, because we've already accepted that the aliens from across the galaxy speak English. Fine. They don't know what Christmas is, but they do know what an orphan is. <laughs> because Big Blue asks, I don't understand something. Christmas is when you make your parents buy you whatever you want. Right. That's all there is to it. So, who buys the gifts for the orphans? Daryl stumped, of course, but soon Crazy Legs points out the answer. People have shown up all day dropping off gifts, including Daryl's friend Kenzo. The money his parents gave him and the shopping cart full of toys were for the orphanage. And now Daryl wants to see more, despite Wacky telling him you'd better hurry if you want that car. Uh, Crazy Legs leads them up the wall and Big Blue carrying Daryl up to see. But upstairs, there's a lady up here who tells stories to kids. And she's telling the nativity story. And conveniently, she's on the part about the star. And it was a star like none other shining brightly in the sky that night, guiding the three wise men. The star. She's telling them about the star. From this day forth, Man must be taught to love his fellow man and to remind himself this day each year. I was trying to pay attention to exactly how much of the story of Christmas we do and do not learn in this in this uh, special. It's a very narrow sliver of it. It is a very narrow sliver. No Jesus. No Jesus. They hint at Jesus. Yes. But there's a star and uh, Daryl realizes he thinks he didn't know as much about Christmas as he thought he did cut back to his house later that night and his parents catch him in the living room loading his wrapped presents into a wagon. He asks to take the wagon load over to the orphanage and Dad naturally is dumbfounded for a second. Dad, I've got plenty of toys I haven't played with yet. Can we take these over to the orphanage and pass them out? I appreciate all the gifts, but someone else needs them more. Al? What's wrong? Al? It's a dream. Ellen, it's got to be a dream. But off they go to the orphanage to deliver stuff, and the woman answering the door conveniently says out loud, And look what I just found in the mailbox! An envelope! With a thousand dollars cash and no name on it! How can this be? Daryl remarks probably someone who was ashamed of himself and wanted it to go there. Props to Daryl's dad to not ask any questions and rush his suddenly reformed out-of-nowhere kid to an orphanage. <laughs> where they all hand out gifts to kids there. Just, okay, let's do it. And he found a breakthrough and he ran with it. I didn't have any plans besides watching you open stuff you don't need tomorrow morning. And the wall walkers watching outside through this window finally understand Christmas is a celebration of something that happened a long time ago. And they leave it at that. They found out about the star, but they're still missing Baby Boo. They head back to the rocket and find he's in there. And he's decorated the rocket for Christmas. Okay, but were they just going to leave without him? I kind of forgot about him. Uh, well, they kept bringing up his name. We still haven't found Baby Boo. We still haven't found him. They said it right before they reached the rocket, but they were walking to that rocket. They were ready to go, man. They were busy, you know, learning about capitalism. <laughs> yeah. And orphans. 
Thankfully, it doesn't matter, and now they have Christmas decorations to bring back home with them, ending with, who knows, a thing like this could catch on big. And and that's it. They blast off for home. They had to go now. Their planet needed them. <laughs> and we never see animated wacky wall walkers again. Oh, no. So after I watched this, I explained I explained it to my wife, Erin, who you've heard on this podcast before, I hope. And I was like, yeah, so the wacky wall walkers are aliens. What? <laughs> and they come to Earth to learn about this, to follow the star from, you know, the story of Christmas. What? And this is what they do. <laughs> like that was the special. Yeah. This whole episode of the podcast was just, so here's a thing that happened and here's everything that happened to it. And I'm not sorry. Well, here's what I realized about this when I was watching it. You always hear like the cliche about like, how would you explain baseball to aliens who came down from space? That's the plot of this. It really is. You're right. Yeah. How would you explain, I don't know, the electoral college to aliens who came down from outer space? It's hot garbage. (laughs) Yes. Would they have tried to make this a pilot? It seems like a very one-off thing. Yeah. Which wasn't uncommon around this time, but considering how they became a fad, I'm a little surprised they didn't try to do more with them. If you look in the Wikipedia entry, it says, the special was not well-received and was in the bottom five of the Nielsen TV ratings for the week. (laughs) (laughs) Suzanne Barnes of the Cedar Rapids Gazette observed, I personally don't believe that the whole purpose of deck halls with wacky walls was to illustrate the true meaning of Christmas. I believe it was simply a 30 minute commercial for wacky wall walkers. 1983, everyone. I'm impressed, actually, that that we found it on YouTube. Like who recorded it and put it on YouTube? Yeah. So this 1983, this was like someone who had an early VCR, too. Mm-hmm. Or, or it might be on beta. Oh, no. Beta. <laughs> no, not only is it on YouTube, but it's on like that YouTube video, that copy of it that someone uploaded on YouTube is the copy that's on Dr. Fad's website. <laughs> it was just like, oh, someone else uploaded it. Thanks for doing the work for me. Any final thoughts on Wacky Wall Walkers or Dr. Fad? No, oh, I wanted to note that uh, Dr. Fad also went on fad fairs, one of which came to Philadelphia, and apparently he received the Inventor of the Year Award from the Franklin Institute. I read that. I feel like, uh, what year was that? Was that 89? Well, I for some reason, somewhere stuck in my brain, I remembered having a conversation about Dr. Fad with my friend Liz Romaine, who I believe you know, and I texted Liz. I was like, hey, why do I remember us having a conversation about Dr. Fad? And she's like, oh, I saw him at the Franklin Institute when I was a kid. What? I assume her and I had some conversation about it at some point in the 20 years we've known each other. And that popped into my head. <laughs> well, you're real, you're welcome, I guess. And I told her what I was doing. She's like, oh, that's <laughs> awesome. <laughs> but no, yeah, like I, I just feel like that's one of those. The It's basically the theme song I remember more than anything else yeah. was that. My brother and I, I think, used to sing it all the time for some reason because it got stuck in your head. Stuck, no pun intended. <laughs> and I kind of still remember the texture of the wall walkers and that they came out of like they still felt like they had like that that sugary, grainy serialness to them. Yeah. I just remember them getting like, again, I had like carpets and stuff and I would try to throw it on those walls and oops, 
Now they're all hairy and gross. <laughs> like uh, uh, somebody else. Some He-Man figure. Same thing happened. Moss Man? Moss Man. Don't throw. Yeah, don't throw a wacky wall walker on Moss Man or else they <laughs> like morph into one. If you've learned anything from this podcast. <laughs> it's an educational show. <laughs> Almost like Dr. Fad. Um, yeah, no, I think this ranks maybe the most bizarre of all the specials we've watched for the podcast. Oh, so far. Yeah. Uh, which which just means we now have the bar set. You have to climb over it. You have to stick to it and then there climb over go. it. <laughs> Very slowly. Well, Joey, if people want to decorate your shed like an Applebee's, where can they find you on the Internet? Oh, uh, you can find me on Twitter at I'm going to DJ 24 or on Ynet Radio at YNETradio.net. Yes. Thank you for uh, walking through this with me. <laughs> uh, and you can follow this show on Twitter at Advent Cal House and the show notes I kept talking about are at Advent Calendar dot house. See y'all in a couple days. For now, for Joeyo, from the side of an abnormally large pine tree towering over someone's home in the middle of their backyard, it won't fall on their house. It's fine. This is Mike Westfall saying, careful while walking around that icy patch. Good night, everybody. Dr. Fad. Dr. Fad. <laughs> and remember, don't just follow fads. Create them! Who's got something great here, huh? Uh, for some reason, I wanted to say at the end, I wacky wall walk for miles inside this pit of danger. <laughs> I don't know. Draxy wall walkers. Draxy. <laughs> that can be the, the stinger at the end. Perfect. <laughs> The Advent Calendar House is part of the Christmas Podcast Network, located conveniently at christmaspodcastnetwork.com. Hi, I'm Mark. And I'm Jess. And we're, we're Hallmark, Hallmark and, and Jess. Jess. <laughs> I feel like we're at a car dealership commercial. <laughs> we swear we won't talk like this during the podcast. There's two things we love most in this world. Hallmark movies and Lacey Chabert. And we're breaking down all of your favorite Hallmark movies like... A Very Merry Mix-Up. Rocky Mountain Christmas. And the All of My Heart series. Tommy, please be my husband. So tune in every Wednesday. Today! Next time on the Advent Calendar House... Ha 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 ha! Only one person can.